and welcome to The Family Planning Files, a podcast from the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning. The National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning is one of the training centers funded through the Office of Population Affairs to provide programming to enhance the knowledge of Title X and other family planning staff. I'm your host, Katherine Atchison. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the new Title X final rule announced in October 2021 and going into practice November 8, 2021. Our guest today is Jessica Swafford-Marcella, MPA, the current Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Population Affairs and Director of the Office of Adolescent Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, or DHHS. She was appointed to these positions in May 2021 after more than 20 years of working in the realm of public policy and reproductive health. Prior to her appointment, Ms. Marcella was the Vice President of Advocacy and Communications at the National Family Planning and Reproductive Health Association, or NIFRA. She has also worked at the Glover Park Group, Power to Decide, and as a congressional aide on Capitol Hill. Ms. Marcella has a bachelor's degree from Stanford University and received her MPA from Georgetown University. Welcome to the podcast, Ms. Marcella. We're so excited to speak to you today. Thank you very much, Catherine. It's a pleasure to talk with you today as well. Just to start off with, what exactly is the Title X final rule? And what role does that rule play in Title X policy and practice? Regulations are the means by which federal agencies implement and enforce the laws or legislation that Congress has passed. And the final rule, ensuring access to equitable, affordable, client-centered, quality family planning services, does just that for the nation's family planning program. So the Title X final rule, or regulation, details the set of requirements issued by the Department of Health and Human Services to help implement the Title X statute passed by Congress. Really, the rule is a roadmap for program participants to ensure that Title X clients, especially those with low incomes, can access equitable, affordable, client-centered, quality family planning services. And to move from that and sort of break down a lot of these very important terms you mentioned as part of this rule, it states that family planning services provided through Title X are to be equitable, affordable, and of high quality. In this context, what exactly do each of these terms mean? So the nation's family planning program is and should be the gold standard of high quality family planning and sexual health care. And the program also has the tremendous responsibility of serving as an essential equalizer in supporting access to high quality health care, meaning that regardless of the ability to pay or their insurance status, anyone who walks through the doors of a Title X site should be confident that they can receive the client-centered quality family planning services that they need, because that's the cornerstone of the Title X program. So paired with that is that achieving health equity is at the forefront of the Biden-Harris administration's priorities, and the 2021 final rule is explicit about the importance of equity, including defining it. So to your question, the 2021 rule actually defines these. Health equity is defined as when all persons have the opportunity to attain their full health potential and no one is disadvantaged from achieving this potential because of social position or other socially determined circumstances. And quality health care is defined as safe, effective, client-centered, timely, efficient, and equitable. I would also note that the final rule also ensures that Title X services are provided at no charge to any clients from a low-income family, and for other income levels, charges are made for services in accordance with the schedule of discounts based on ability to pay. 
So between the definition of health equity, definition of quality care, and the final rules focus and clarity about affordability, that's how we define what's happening with the program. And you also mentioned another very important term in this final rule, which is client-centered. And under client-centered, the rule also notes specifically that services should be inclusive, trauma-informed, and adolescent-friendly. What do these terms also mean in the context of providing client-centered services to everyone who enters the doors of a Title X clinic? A central tenet of quality care is that it is client-centered. Put simply, a client's values should guide all clinical decisions. And this is a concept that was derived directly from the Quality Family Planning Guidelines, also known as the QFP to many of the people in the field, the nationally recognized standards that define quality in a family planning visit. In the context of care, it means that services and care are provided to clients that are respectful of and responsive to individual client preferences, their needs and values, health beliefs, practices, and needs of diverse populations. And when you think about the unique needs of adolescents, you want to apply a similar lens that reflects that understanding. To be adolescent-friendly, services must be accessible, acceptable, equitable, appropriate, and effective for that population. So we've talked about some of the rules kind of updated language with these terms, but something else that the new rule has done is return to its previous iteration from the year 2000 prior to some changes that were made in 2019. To review, what were the 2019 changes and now what is the rule returning to? Really great question. So the 2021 rule restores non-directive pregnancy options counseling and referral so that it aligns with the clear and overwhelming guidance and practice of the medical community, rather than the drastic departure required under the previous administration. Under the previous administration and under the 2019 rule, non-directive pregnancy option counseling was not allowed as we understand it. First and foremost, advanced practice providers were only allowed to counsel on two of the three options. Pregnancy termination was not an option that could be counseled on for clients. And secondly, the referral that is a critical part of providing resources to clients was not allowed under the rule if it were specifically referencing referrals for pregnancy termination. So again, now we're back to as it had been for more than two decades. Title X projects must offer pregnant clients neutral and factual information and non-directive counseling on each of the three options, prenatal care and delivery, infant care, foster care, or adoption, and pregnancy termination, unless a client indicates that they do not want information or counseling about a particular option, as well as referrals upon request. And now that we've defined what non-directive pregnancy options counseling is within Title X services, what else about this non-directive counseling and the changes that are being put in place should our listeners know about? Well, first and foremost, the 2021 final rule expands the provision of non-directive counseling to eliminate the 2019 requirement that it be provided solely by an advanced practice provider. As many Title X staff are well aware, non-directive options counseling is often provided by someone other than a clinical services provider, although it may be a clinical services provider. So we realign the ability of any Title X staff to provide that counseling as is appropriate within their healthcare setting. 
So that is the primary change in addition to restoring full, factual, complete non-directive options counseling and referral. And we've discussed the change in the non-directive counseling. We've talked about updating the language of the rule itself, but are there other changes within the final rule that clinicians and other Title X staff should note that are going into place in November? That's a really great question. There are three primary changes that I would want to call your attention to. First, the rule expands the scope of clinicians that can serve as the medical director of a Title X project when historically it had only been a physician who could serve in that role. So specifically now, it allows medical services to be under the direction of a clinical service provider as long as services offered are within their scope of practice and allowable under state law, and they have special training or experience in family planning. Second, telehealth is explicitly allowed as a modality for Title X service delivery. The pandemic has really accelerated the adoption of telehealth, including in the family planning safety net, and we think it's important that Title X evolves with the broader healthcare ecosystem because telehealth is here to stay. And third, this rule reinforces that client confidentiality is paramount, including for adolescents and even in the context of insurance communications. Thank you so much for summing up all those changes for Title X. As we know, it is a lot of information. So if clinicians have questions or they want to understand things further, where would you recommend that Title X staff go for more information and clarification about the new final rule? We have an array of resources and opportunities to connect for anyone who is interested in learning more. First and foremost, we have a phenomenal dedicated team of expert project officers at OPA that is willing to talk to their Title Ted grantees and staff. Second, the OPA website carries all of these materials, and we have recently transitioned to using max.gov for Title Ten grantees, where we host any number of resources. Third, we obviously have the wonderful National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning that is really supportive of all of the clinical care efforts of Title X. And last but not least, we also have strong partners in the Reproductive Health National Training Center that has an array of resources as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Marcella, and for sharing your time and expertise with our listeners. Thank you, Catherine. For more content, including previous podcast episodes, search for The Family Planning Files or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For a transcript of this podcast, as well as other online learning activities and continuing education opportunities, please visit our website at www.ctcfp.org. You can also follow the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning on Twitter at NCTCFP, all lowercase, and sign up for our monthly newsletter, Clinical Connections, on our website. This training is supported by DHHS grant number 1-FPTPA-006031-01-00. The contents of this podcast solely represent the views of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official positions of the Department of Health and Human Services, or DHHS, Office of the Assistant Secretary of Health, or OASH, or the Office of Population Affairs, or OPA. No official support or endorsement of DHHS, OASH, and or OPA for any opinions or products described in this podcast is intended or should be inferred. Theme music written by Dan Jones and performed by Dan Jones and the Squids. 
other production support provided by the Collaborative to Advance Health Services at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Nursing and Health Studies. And finally, thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of the Family Planning Files.